Hello everyone and welcome to Golden Walk Magazine. My name is David Walker, one of the editors, bringing you the issue for April 2018, National Poetry Month. So it only makes sense that we have some great poems for you today. So let's get straight into it. Uh, our very first poem that we have for you is Fired Up by Jess Mize. And we were really drawn to the almost surgical sound work in this short, thought-provoking poem, and uh, we really hope you enjoy it. I think it fits really well with the audio format, and uh, let's get right into it. Fired Up by Jess Mize. I'm Jess Mize, and this is a poem called Fired Up. A young person thinks, sin and escapism abound in mind pictures. The moon was full and desperately close like a marquee. Through the barren landscape and over the dead scurried leaves, she walked somber, inhaling the soporific air. This climate, at one and at odds invigorating and distiller of innervation, life laughed voluptuously, tender-spreading wheel. Solace could be obtained in so many situations and in all the perceptible places. A walk along the sands in the Slavic dong, awaking primordial urges. When we find the perfect water, we'll hang out just long enough to leave our clothes. Hi, it's Jess Mize, and I'm going to talk for just a minute about my poem, Fired Up. The last line is a lyric from a Modest Mouse song, and that's how I use the title, too, from their song, Fired Up, off the record, We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sang. I like incorporating song lyrics in my writings. It's kind of my style. This poem to me is like a nature poem, though not in the vein of Wordsworth, but from sort of a distance from modernization. I write what I read and I try to live a little. I like the morning to write, spring and fall when there is a chill in the air and a fresh cup of strong coffee. I like writing and thinking outside. The absence of technological noise is always helpful. I, of course, I like a desk that is spacious and nice, comfortable chair. I've got a small book out, Whores Are Always Melancholy. I do have another collection finished that I have out at various places. It's called Quiet Days in Pompeii. There are less abstractions and not as many prose poems, and I would like to think it is better and more mature, but still with the same sad indie flair that I would like to call my own. The next poem that we have for you today is actually from a return poet. Uh, this is from our first, very first year. Uh, we have Pleasant Places Always Leave Us by Jennifer McBain Stevens. So if you were with us in our first year, issue 1.5, you will remember her poem, Backyard Number 4. If not, you can always go back and listen to it. Uh, that is one of the back issues that we have on our website, so you can go back to that. But in this particular poem, we were really drawn to the constantly morphing imagery. Um, and, and that imagery just kept us guessing uh, what was coming next throughout the whole poem. And it, and it really uh, was fantastic in that way. So we really hope you enjoy this. Pleasant Places Always Leave Us by Jennifer McBain Stevens. Hi, this is Jennifer McBain-Stevens, and I'm reading Pleasant Places Always Leave Us. The tree meets a watercolor death. 
I hear slow motion wind. Real life is worse with disintegration. The paint drips undercover creatures rise from the swamp. Pixels stave off night until the bell rings. Crickets. Leaves explode. Liquid memory. Crunch dimension opens underwater. Like a tree, anemone, and dark magic sanctioned bedtime. Branches whisper, unfold, flail, and wail. What is real life? Some of the trees go untouched. Others devolve quickly, like running mascara. How for the birds? Count a stem growth time out. Crinkle. She always said she was tiny in reverse. A doll made from bark and water. The paint shop folds back into itself like feathers, like mouths. Seven pixels breeze to a stop. End with a lifting ping. Oak goldness disappears down a well. Guidance is the slush pile and we never existed. The slow monster takes away trunk and earth, leaves only sky. The crayon box drinks all consuming color. Skip a page, skip to the end. Cue architecture. Building face is tongue green, sulfur spark and smell. An idea, a premonition. The catastrophe. Hands trapped under glass. The dirty dish rags ground into a sinkhole. Tries to break free from itself. Ends with a diary entry. A new ping. A counting notebook. A newspaper headline. One found shoe. Night again. We cannot stop watching the world. This change. The hive mind the veins, the seismic shifts. Pleasant places always leave us. So before I talk about my inspiration for this poem, I just wanted to add that I find it really interesting that the first poem I published with The Golden Walkman was when I was moving away from Iowa City um, it was a backyard poem. Um, I guess it was about three, three to four years ago. And the second poem, Pleasant Places Always Leave Us, was published or accepted for publication just recently after I moved back to Iowa City. So the Golden Walkman has sort of bookended this section of my life, <laughs> um, which ties into the inspiration behind this poem. This poem was inspired by watching a video installation at the North Carolina Museum of Art by the artist Quay Ola, which is spelled Q-U-A-Y-O-L-A. And that piece was called Pleasant Places. And it showed these real naturescapes, trees and hills and fields and flowers, um, just dissolving into pixels. There were also sounds running with the video, wind and leaves rustling and birds. 
And at times, the soundtrack of The Wind and the Birds also became sort of blurred and abstract. So I was basically watching nature dissolve in front of me. And at the time, I was in the process of getting divorced and focused on moving from Virginia back to Iowa City. So some words in my poem allude to noticing things that were disappearing all around me. A shoe, someone's mouth, newspapers, um, how the contents of a diary entry four months ago is different than the diary entry from yesterday. The video of the trees melting was basically a direct relation to how my everyday was changing. And this made me think about how we can't stop change, whether good or bad, slow or fast. Before I get into the last uh, poem that we have, I just want to take a second and, and sort of give you a peek behind the curtain a little bit. I have very little time to put this magazine together um, in terms of, as you can tell, like I, I can't even edit out my cat sounds. Um, so, but I have very little time to, to put this magazine together. And sometimes I don't hear the entire recording until, uh, of, of any poem or any story until, wow, she's really playing right now. But anyway, until I actually put the issue together into, into the program that I put the, the audio together. So hearing um, that little note from um, Jennifer McBain Stevens about us bookending things, it's just cool. I, I like hearing that st sort of stuff. But anyway, uh, let's move on. Um, our last poem. Great poem to end off this issue is Church Street by Gabe Kahan. And before I talk about why we like the poem itself, I really want to talk about, uh, again, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, Gabe had actually emailed us after we accepted it and said, do you mind if I record the poem on a street, on a street with the sounds of the street behind me and I was like, that's a great idea. I, I always say to the to the artist, uh, <laughs> I always say to the artist, to the writer, um, please, you know, present the audio the way that you would want to be presented. That's that's one of the great things that I find about the magazine is that we give this opportunity. So anyway, um, always if you are someone who, um, you know, we accept and you have an interesting way that you want to present your work, usually it's totally fine with us. So as long as we can hear it, as long as we can experience it, that's what we want. Anyway, so Church Street by Gabe Kahan. We were really drawn to the, the masterful pairing of the familiar and the surprising, uh, surprising. And it was really interwoven with unique images of everyday life that just made this amazing tapestry of a poem. So uh, really hope you enjoy this, uh, Church Street by Gabe Kahan. This is Gabe Kahn, and this is Church Street. I'm going to go hunting in the sediment here, breadcrumbs and all. I'm going to go hunting in the sediment here, tracing a line of salt around my ankles, the Converse shoes, and Monday night rum. 
Cellos will spasm against forearms, burly arms of hope and charcoal. The strings will peak. It will be a concerto to my freshman year music professor. I will want her to cry, but will not insist. She has a child of her own. Enough has been lost. The vertigo of living on the sweat between your knees. I have several uncles who will continue to furrow, mustache hair swan diving into my drink, the legs of a moment of conversation glistening like gold. Like the vivacious pin drop of an afternoon shower, I will not go to the races. With you, I forget to lock my front door, turn the water off, and wake up. All those furry creatures below my words. Truly, I was never taught how to write a love song. Only rifts between chanting, midnight would come, and I'd throw my cards down like a gaslit magician. You would chime with the rolling bottles, yawning, sexualizing all thumbtacks that hold me up against the mirror. It would be who I had become that would shake the room. I'm going to go hunting in the sediment here, uncovering a Mobius derelict with propaganda warnings and fast food. It will taste like family as a ripening autumn leaf sits deeply in the ground. So yeah, um, to talk a little bit about this, um, I think the way that I approach poetry can be a little bit ADHD. Um, I think that that's really great um, as long as uh, I can have the foresight to circle back um, and and like be aware that I'm laying down motifs or that I'm uh, creating uh, something tangible and digestible that the reader can hold on to. Um, I'm a big proponent of uh, meaning over message. So while I think that there's some real hardcore benefits to, um, I guess, writing with the sense of, of of having a very concrete and singular uh, delivery for a reader, I think that um, something that can be just as powerful is when you're almost more exploring than maybe converging towards a singular point in your writing. Um, yeah, so I guess for this particular piece, um, I really focused on uh, a few different emotions and concepts, and, th and that's really what drives a lot of my writing. I think I'll experience something and, and I'll just need to kind of almost like photograph it, but in text. Um, and that comes mainly because writing is, I feel personally writing is the only medium that I've been able to conjure some level of mastery over. And I say that uh, with a lot of humility, because I realize that there are people that have a much, much better command of the language than I do. Um, I just feel as though choosing between painting, drawing, sculpture, music, whatever, I, I feel as though uh, just raw language gives me a, a definitive sense of agency that no other medium does. And so um, this poem in particular, Church Street, was kind of an amalgam of a lot of, a lot of different feelings and experiences. Um, around identity, um, memory, romance, um, yeah. So I really hope you enjoyed the second issue in April. My name is David Walker, one of the editors. Joey Gould is another editor. 
Special thanks to the contributors of this issue, Jess Mize, Jennifer McBain-Stevens, and Gabe Kahan for giving us wonderful work to publish. If you want to become a contributor, please go to our website, goldwalkmag.com, and learn how to do just that. We are also putting out a call for surrogate readers. Those are the people who basically record the work that the authors cannot record themselves. So that's a that's a very essential part of this magazine because that happens, right? We really like the, the work and, and we send out the acceptance and then those people can't record it for whatever reason, techno technologically or, um, you know, scheduling-wise, whatever. So we need surrogate readers. So we're opening it up to the world. <laughs> I know this world is small, but this is the world. Um, so go to our website to find out about that. We're going to have a, a thing on the website about that. Uh, we are going to Massachusetts Poetry Festival. That's May 5th. We are going to have a panel, a workshop panel about, uh, you know, dialogue submissions. Those are submissions inspired by music. A live musician, it might be me, <laughs> will be playing music and uh, people who are there are going to write poetry and, and maybe get it published here. We are going to have dialogue submissions, the regular kind, in May. Uh, I love the music that we have this, this month. So it's very different as usual and I love having different music. So that's that. And there's also the audio chapbook contest that's coming back in May, May through July. Uh, submissions are gonna be open for that. We're locating a judge. Our previous winner should be coming out very soon, uh, maybe right in the summertime, maybe right in fall uh, 2018. We're, we're coming up on that, so uh, be on the lookout for that. If you have not listened to the very first issue in April here, uh, April 20th, that's our very first interview that we've ever given uh, or, or ever conducted. So please go listen to that. We're, we're really happy with the quality of conversation there. So lots of things going on. You wanna know anything about it, please go to our website, follow us, etc. So that's it for me. Hope to hear from you soon.